0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me are Cliff DeCamp and Cousin David Gibbs. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. You can hear how... If you go back and listen to episodes 39 and 40 of TAC, I'm sure you've heard that finally it is being brought to the forefront of what we and others have said since the beginning of 2020, that the COVID virus came from a lab in China, the left-wing liberals and their media denied it, but now truth and evidence is piling up on them. And good old Dr. Falsey is falling like a rock in a lake in regard to his foreknowledge of this. Now, one of the big questions now, gentlemen, and even a year ago, is was this an intentional release on the world by China or did it get out unintentionally?
1: So from my perspective, Jeff, I I believe that it was unintentional. The reason I say that is if it were intentional, they would have seen to it that their own population was spared uh, from the effects of it. They would have seen that. You know the people that got infected immediately left the country spread it out uh, to all kinds of other places and i don't see that happening we know that there's a substantial number of people in wuhan province and throughout the rest of uh, communist china that have died or have caught potentially survived um, this particular virus so i don't view this as being something that was intentional but I do believe that they uh, did decide that they were going to take advantage of the situation once it did occur and that they were going to exacerbate uh, the problem by allowing people um, in the Wuhan province area to leave that area to go to foreign countries, but not to go elsewhere within China. We knew that occurred at the time that uh, it was first reported that there was some uh, outbreak of uh, of this virus in uh, Wuhan, and in fact, from personal experience, I can tell you that uh, one of the uh, people who's uh, was on the swim team with my uh, son this year, this uh, school year, uh, his father was in Wuhan uh, at the time that the virus broke out, wow. and he was permitted to come home. And, and in fact, I saw him. You know, I, I hear about the. Uh, the virus breaking out in Wuhan, and a week later, he's at a uh, a meet with uh, with everyone. And, uh, you know, had he been exposed to it, he certainly would have exposed everyone else uh, in that particular location. But as I said, I don't believe that it was an, uh, something that was done intentional at the outset. So it was
0: unintentional on how it got out of this lab, which was a bioweapons lab, and why were they doing it in the first place? but how quick they were to intentionally isolate Wuhan and let it go to the rest of the world and with the Chinese New Year being celebrated that's how a lot of it came back to Europe so quick because so many went home to celebrate and then they traveled back and they brought the virus with them.
1: Yeah absolutely and it it did spread first the the largest outbreaks were in Europe and not in the United States but then eventually it, uh, it did reach the United States.
2: Yo 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 everybody
1: Hey, Cousin Dave, what's your take on all this, bud?
2: It's kind of interesting. I didn't know that Rob Emanuel was actually Chinese and that oh. he saw a crisis that he could take advantage of.
1: <laughs> oh, close My response? <laughs> well, we know Rob Emanuel basically says no crisis should go to unused. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that this, this certainly would be uh, an example of that sort of thing. But as I said, it it didn't start out as intentional, but it probably ended up being in widespread in an intentional basis. So,
0: and, and we may or we may never know. I, I will say we probably won't ever know. We can just speculate on that point. Now, that leads us to a vaccine, which you hear a lot in the news now that is back as far as February a year ago that they were developing the vaccine in China. And then all of a sudden, one of the scientists in the lab mysteriously dies in May. And then presumably from what I've heard is there's a defector now that was part of that group that's beginning to spill a lot of beans. But anyway, it brings us to the vaccine. And uh, just like we knew that something was amiss with the Wuhan lab and the virus, something in the gut smells funny about the vaccine. Now, I want to mention to you, as we've said before. We're not saying we're for or against the vaccine, but here's the point. This type of therapy has never been used on humans before, and when it was used in animals tests during SARS, it had devastating results. And so we don't know if it's going to work or not. It takes a long time and scientific study for us to determine if this vaccine is really going to be effective. So more or less right now, in my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, I want to thank all the people who are taking the vaccine because you are more or less a human experiment on this new mRNA type of treatment.
1: Yeah, I think the first thing to note here is the fact that uh, I wouldn't call it a vaccine. It's a treatment, like you indicated. Right. Uh, so, you know, people really should stop uh, using the word vaccine, given the fact that, you know, the very definition of vaccine is that once you get it, you can't possibly catch whatever it is that the vaccine was for. And in this particular case, if that were true, then we wouldn't have people who are vaccinated having to wear masks and do all these other things as well. So um, let's not call it a vaccine. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. It's only to protect the pharmaceutical companies uh, why it's being called a vaccine because that gives them immunity, immunity from liability.
2: Well, I think it's interesting that were regarding this vaccine as simply a treatment and of course we knew there was other treatments. one that uh, was prominent of course, was hydrochloroquine, which of course is the one that Trump talked about, which means that because he talked about it, it became banned. You yeah. couldn't even talk hydrochloroquine on, on social media without getting your website knocked down and uh, you know being demonetized. Uh, there's another one, though, that uh, I hadn't heard about until recently, but it was a known factor also. Um, it was called um, ivermectin. And what's interesting about this one, there's actually uh, a Dark, ho- dark Horse uh, podcast. This is one that's uh, run by Eric Weinstein. And Weinstein, if you don't know who he is, um, was the professor that who was run out of uh, Evergreen College in in Washington state I believe it was uh because he didn't quite go along completely with the Black Lives Matter uh functions that they were running in his university not that he was against what they wanted to do but the particular function that they had was they decided that white people were not allowed to go on campus that day because it was dedicated to uh a a black function and he thought that was over the line and he made the Terrible, terrible, terrible mistake that a liberal can make of stepping over that line and he was canceled. And, uh, a very interesting story. But anyway, the the punchline of the story is that he and his significant other, who is also an environmental biologist, have a very interesting podcast because uh, they come at a lot of these issues, you know, from more of a liberal perspective. And I'm talking about a traditional liberal, one who one who may have said what we were taught to say, you know, is that I don't believe what you say, but I would fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah. Uh, that idea, of course, doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, he had a guest on his podcast, and this doctor was an expert in in pulmonary diseases. And early on, when he saw the nature of the disease, he was trying to use ivermectin as a, as a therapeutic. And was shocked that the direction that was forced upon him by the hospitals which came down then from the cdc and from the world health organization was what the doctor was saying is that they were forced then to use what you would consider to be even if you were not even in a medical business a simplistic approach which was give them tylenol Um, you might give them a blood thinner and hold their hands and then wait to see what happens. And we know what happened because the lung factors that, uh, became so prominent, which caused a shortage of, of, um, of breathing machines and, and uh, ventilators, um, became a, the, the prominent thing that, that went along with what was wrong with, uh, uh, patients. Anyway, the long and the short of it is, is that so this battle has been going on from the very beginning because doctors with any real experience in the world uh, wanted to push back on this. But all of the uppity ups in the medical profession, the ones that ran the hospitals and the ones that uh, took orders directly from their counterparts at CDC and at the uh, World Health Organization went along with the program and allowed the thing to get worse and worse and worse.
0: Well, you could probably follow the money trail, as we always say, and that'll lead you right back to the people who are trying to use power and control over us for alternative results in their favor. Ivermectin could be one. Hydrochloroquine, like we said, you can get that in Mexico. And in Africa, they take it almost weekly. It's it's like the Sunday drug, they call it. So there's a lot of things that have been hidden and kept out of public view and consumption because of the left wing radicals and their control. And that probably goes back to anything they can do to hurt Trump in the election. And then also for power and money. So one of the things I want to caution is this, when the vaccine was being developed and and we know Cliff, I agree with you that they're calling it a vaccine. And the reason they do that is because it gives them immunity by the government from any lawsuits and liability that can come back upon them. If it, has devastating effects, and so I don't know if that could be defended in court if you really got down to the nitty gritty, uh, comparing a vaccine to this treatment. But President Trump started Operation Warp Speed to get this vaccine out, and I don't know if that will, in history, show to be a great thing or will it come back on him. And that's and this is why I say that some conservative media, and you could look at even people like Sean Hannity, Laura Ingraham, and others, praise Trump for Operation Warp Speed and the vaccine. They're just hailing all the great thing he did, and it may end up that that was a great thing. Like we said, we don't know if the vaccine is going to really prove to be true until time and science shows us that. But hold your horses. If it's proven not to be true or has some devastating effects on people down the road, who's going to get the blame? Trump it'll come right back to him. I think we have to look at things with caution. And here at the American Constitutionalist, we like to use common sense and reality, which the left-wing radicals and the liberals will never do. So what do you think about the vaccine in light of of future ramifications that it can have on the uh, Trump administration or people who have taken it, Dave? It's
2: You know, it's interesting that Trump will be the one to take the blame if it turns out that the vaccine is a, is opposite of what we think it's supposed to be. You know, the punchline of the joke is this, you know, he becomes, he's elected president. There's a complete infrastructure of government that exists, part of which is the CDC. There's a outbreak. You turn to the experts for their advice. It'd be no different if, you know, if a fire broke out and he, he went, turned and said, who do we call when there's a fire? You know, and they showed up with a truck full of gasoline. You know, yeah. what are you supposed to do when, when you go to the experts that are already there? It's not his experts, it's the government's experts. People who've been in positions, obviously Fauci's been in a position of power in the health community for dozens of years. And so you go ask their opinion and they tell you something, and then you have to rely on their judgment and the input of others that might be around, but you're stuck doing what they tell you to do, basically, because what do you know? You're not an expert in the field, and so so then we find out that the guy who's giving advice is actually the guy that's helping fund gain-of-function research in China, for crying out loud. Why are we yeah. even doing that?
1: it? It makes no sense how this has happened, and the unfortunate part about you know Dr. Fauci, the CDC <clears throat> is that while we have come to rely on their opinions, their opinions have become politicized they 're not scientific they 're political opinions, and uh, you know we need to be cautious of that. We need to be mindful of the fact that what we 're hearing from them uh, has as much to do with politics as uh, it does with medicine, in fact, actually more to do with politics than medicine. And, you know, one of the things that is concerning and and David kind of touched on this when he was talking about these drugs that were available uh, at the very beginning of the outbreak uh, that were not allowed to be used, is the fact that the government absolutely should not be in any way, shape or form involved in the relationship between a doctor and the patient. Yes. The doctor should be free to prescribe uh, any type of medication that he or she believes uh, would be effective for that particular patient. And that patient should be allowed uh, to take that medication. And when government comes in and says, you can take this, but you can't take that, uh, that's interference with the uh, patient-physician relationship. And that should not be permitted. If you recall back in the time when we were um, debating Obamacare, you know, Obama came out and said that, you know, he wasn't going to interfere with that relationship. You know, he was going to allow that relationship to continue because that was sort of synchrocent and that uh, we needed to to, uh, stay out of that relationship. Well, here we are in the third Obama term, and now suddenly we could completely ignore what doctors are saying. And, um, you know, we go with, Uh, Whatever it is that the government, in a political decision, has decided what's best.
2: One of the primary things, I'm going to touch back on that podcast I mentioned earlier where they're talking to the pulmonary expert. He was watching, and he's been in contact with other people with similar backgrounds. He was watching this as it was rolling out, the very beginning of of the cases coming in uh, where people had COVID. Or I'm going to call it the Wuhan flu, but I, I, I got to keep remar- reminding myself that it's the Wuhan flu. He saw the way that this was happening, and he saw that there were things that he would have done and wanted to do, okay, because he could see that there that that if he would have used different drugs, there would have been positive results, okay. But he was prevented from doing it. I mean, the hospitals clamped down, and he knows that this, this same reaction was going on all over the country. That people were saying, "Well, I've seen this kind of thing before," you know. So essentially, they 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 disallowed the experience of any doctor who had who saw and understood the symptoms and had a a a treatment for it. But they were shot down because we had to do what the government said.
0: Yeah, and they knew because this is a version of the SARS virus that they've dealt with before. And so there's a lot more that's gonna have to be revealed hopefully down the road about this. And where's it gonna take us now, this so-called vaccine? How much further will it impinge on our freedom to travel and move about, for instance, in China right now? They have a lot of electronic technology they used where here you take a vaccine, you get a, a card. There, you take a vaccine, and you're put into a database. You can't go into a train station, to an airport. You can't move around unless your electronic signature doesn't indicate that you had that
1: vaccine. You know, one of the things I saw today or heard today was the fact that there was a, a concert that was taking place. And I don't remember now who it was, but it was some rock concert that was going to be taking place. And the um, in order to attend it, you had to have had the vaccine. Um, And I thought to myself, you know, here we go. This is the start of it where we're going to have, you know, people saying you can't attend this. You can't do that unless you have a have a vaccine. And now, you know, are they going to believe you when you tell them that you have a vaccine? Are you going to have to have some paper? Show me your papers. I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, the the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany, where. We're going to have to be walking around with proof that we've been vaccinated in order to attend concerts, take uh, airplanes, travel by train, you know, go into any location where there's a number of people. You know, that's where this is leading to, or potentially could lead to. And we need to smack that down quickly uh, because that is not the way we should be handling uh, this situation. We have a virus that kills a very small portion of the population. Portion of the population that were well aware of who they are, who is who is uh, potentially uh, going to have adverse effects from this, and to shut down everything and force everyone to show their papers to attend events is not the way to handle this.
0: Well, cover, Governor Abbott here in Texas put the kibosh on that uh, as far as it being required um, by corporations and other identities, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Carnival Cruise Lines does that sails out of Galveston, Texas. They're requiring you to prove uh, by documentation that you've had the vaccine. So you're right, Cliff. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over time and how it impinges on our freedom. And Dave, going back to what you said before, the government involvement, what are they going to do? in their attempt to grab more power and control over us in regard to having some kind of vaccine passport or something like they do in China. Well, all
2: I know is that if I show my Democrat voting card, does that qualify as being vaccinated?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it does. For mental health care too, but uh <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
0: You remember how I asked people like me to pray uh, Proverbs 26:27 says if you set a trap for others you'll get caught in it yourself if you roll a boulder down on others it will crush you instead in the prayer I said God let those who dig the pit of evil fall into it and those who start the boulder of evil rolling roll it upon themselves Psalms 714 says the wicked conceive evil they are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies they dig a deep pit to trap others and then fall into it themselves The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. I've always told you that the radical left democratic liberals are experts at laying landmines. They eventually step on themselves and blow up. And we're seeing this, I think, a lot now, and it really needs to happen more, especially as we get towards the midterm elections. Think of squirrels. You ever drive down the road And it seems always you'll see squirrels playing in the front yard, running around trees and stuff. Then a car comes down the road and all of a sudden squirrels like, you know, like dolphins on the front of a ship. Let's go run in front of the car. I think the Democrats mascot shouldn't be a donkey. Well, in some senses uh, intellectually it should, but it should be a squirrel. They're always hunting and hiding nuts. But when a vehicle of truth comes down the road, they run out in front of it and get crushed. Another example, and this is just so vivid. Did you ever see, A non-potty trained toddler, still in diapers, all right, still in diapers, drop a load in their diapers. You guys see that? They get red-faced, their neck vein distends, they grunt, and then the color comes back in their face as they deliver a hot, steamy load of crap. Then realizing they're dirty, they try to ignore the smell or even hide so their defecant action won't be discovered. When confronted, they may even deny it. But as the parent or caregiver gives some close inspection, the discovery is made. Well, over a year ago, a load of defecant false information was delivered, the left-wing Democratic machine and their media cohorts about COVID-19. We knew something didn't smell right, but they tried to ignore it. They hid it, but now with inspection, We're seeing their dirty deeds. Don't be fooled. This is not the only load of we're being given by this destructive group and their media. They're defecating all over America and our constitution. They're attacking our elections. They have, through fraud, inside and outside of the United States, took and stole the election from the American people. We talked about that last week. Our Second Amendment rights are being attacked. Immigration is just out of control. Taxes are rising. Inflation will rise. There's false education incentives sweeping across this country that we're fighting. And then we just talked about COVID. We didn't even get into masks and then the vaccine. Proverbs 20:27, 20, The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. Godliness makes a nation great. But sin is a disgrace to any people right out of Proverbs 1434 and gentlemen, we're seeing that. And I hope we see more of it in the elections coming up folks. Don't give up hope, stand and fight for truth, fight for what is right for America and that's why I say, I hope Donald Trump or another candidate like him actually wins the next presidential election if. The Democrats haven't fully mastered stealing elections now electronically and by other false ballot means. We're fighting that battle now, and hopefully we're winning it. If Trump could win, he needs to come into Washington blazing with his guns loaded, metaphorically speaking to those who can't understand uh, metaphors. Needs to come in with his guns blazing to clean up Washington, D.C. This is interesting. Somebody suggested he should run for Congress. Win Congress get the Speaker of the House, and then take over things and just really wreak havoc upon the Democrats in Washington and then run for president. No matter what, the next conservative Republican president needs to have the courage to clean house in Washington. And I mean, we've got to do it right this time in the FBI, the DOJ, CIA, IRS, and all the other bureaucratic garbage in Washington, D.C. We need to clean it out just because they're presumed or supposed to be organizations or bureaucracy of honor, integrity, and character does not mean they are. The dominoes need to fall. We need to name names. All this corruption needs to be exposed and people need to go to prison. Responsibility and accountability need to replace the same old political good boy network in Washington, DC for us to even have a chance to maintain this great republic. And that's on both sides of the aisle. We hope you'll share this podcast with your family and friends and subscribe to us so that you can get timely information to truth on America and continue to pray, pray, pray for God's divine intervention in America. You need to pray that God will grip and change the hearts of those who are leading this destructive path we're on and that God will give courage to honest, conservative leadership across America, the ability to stand in the gap to do what is right and just for this nation. Proverbs 21:21 whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life righteousness and honor if we don't seek god diligently if we don't seek god's face and turn from the wicked ways this nation is heading i promise you the flame of liberty and freedom will be extinguished and once liberty and freedom are lost in america there'll be no other place on this earth where it will flourish again in the same fashion it has in america but i have hope i have hope and my trust in god that he will rise up, those conservatives, to stand the gap and turn America back to him and turn America back to the Judeo-Christian nation it was meant to be. Will you stand with us here at the American Constitutionalist spreading the word as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty, justice, and freedom for all? Or will we let complacency lead to the death of this great republic? For Cliff DeCamp and Cousin David Gibbs, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.